Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. So I recently met with my coach, and yes, all good coaches have coaches, so we just believe in the process and the help and the benefit that it is. Anyway, I was just feeling itchy about how my ministry is going and what I feel like I should be doing. And I wanted to think out loud on that. I wanted to unpack that some. So I had a session and then my coach ended our session and said, I'm taking my coaching hat off. And she said if I was interested, she'd like to explore why I feel the pressure and the need to be doing something to press my ministry forward. And that, you know, push, push, push mentality that I have. And where that comes from, which, you know, most likely is family of origin stuff, no doubt. Which, you know, I do know the family of origin issues, the ones that I carry anyway, and why I do what I do. For the record, this is not to say that there was something wrong with my family of origin, but rather how I interpreted my experience and then how every now and then it impacts how I approach and do life today. Isn't that lovely? And it just like never goes away. You're like, oh my goodness, there it is again. And the interesting ring-a-ding-ding thing here is it's the exact polar opposite of what I like to say to people. And, And I mean this with all my heart when I say, just be faithful and obedient with the day, and that's good enough. You know, the good enough part speaks to the heart of, you know, over functioners, especially those of us who are perfectionists. Just be faithful and obedient with the day. That's good enough. We all should go and listen and adhere to our own sermons, right? (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I have family of origin stuff. All of us do. But also, this North American culture is pretty push, push, push. And it pushes us to push ourselves. And I'm working hard to push back on that. You know, I just don't see Jesus living that push, push, push lifestyle. Jesus seems more moderately paced, you know? Even if you read the book of Mark, which has a pretty quick pace, and it tends to feel like you're zipping away, not so with Jesus. So I did come away from my coaching session, though, seeing that I am working my way from the push, push, push lifestyle and into a slower pace, a Jesus pace. I'm in a transition, and transitions are challenging. And I guess I'm kind of dragging you along with me, if if you allow. So, you know, share this with anyone else that you think also needs to slow down, and we shall all journey together with this. I mean, isn't it ironic that this slowdown theme for this podcast is coming right smack dab in the middle of one of our busier seasons? Okay, I'm going to say busiest 
you know, the two high holy holidays, Christmas and Easter, well, the jaunt from Thanksgiving to Christmas time frame actually wins the prize. And for some reason, mostly, but not all the time, it's women who tend to, you know, make Christmas happen for their families. The planning, get planning and the gatherings and the events and the shopping. And then you maybe are in ministry if you're female and, and certainly male, but it's what? Planning and special gatherings and events and extra worship services. All that to help make Christmas happen in the lives of those we lead. Uh, you know, especially for some women, it can be a real double whammy. And I had the nerve, and I still have the nerve, I guess, to talk about slowing down. Yep. And I had a good friend call me out a bit. She was very nice on social media where I posted one of the podcasts about slowing down, you know, and, and she's a mom, she's a student, she is a ministry leader, and she has plenty of deadlines of completion to pay attention to, no doubt. Well, you know, in all honesty, I strongly believe in self-care for ministry leaders and anyone who is helping to support and encourage other people. To say it's been a rough couple of years is an understatement. And here it comes, ta-da, our first Thanksgiving slash Christmas season with some freedom from COVID, a bit, some anyway, compared to the last two years for sure. And I'm talking about slowing down. You know, we did seem to do better at that during COVID, didn't we? Hmm. Well, slowing down is about leading the one person on the planet over whom you have a lot of sway and that is your own self. It's about how we are doing life, the pace of our life. The things we do in our life is our load. So, you know, you take your load, that long laundry list of things to be done, you carry those, even the things that aren't due for six months, and it gets heavy. But then when you're moving fast in response to the push, push, push with a long load, the long laundry list or load, well, you know, that's just a recipe for burnout, actually, is one thing. So, yeah, I'm saying I want to show up with patience and grace as opposed to being crabby. And in all honesty, while I've shown up smiling underneath, I've been crabby about having to do all that I wanted to get done. I've even thought it would be okay if Christmas came every other year and that would work for me because, you know, technically every day is Christmas for those who follow Christ, right? And I, I've preached that. I've said that. So is Easter is every day too. But there is indeed a hint of crabbiness underneath. Well, okay, I could do Christmas every other year. And I don't really want to do life crabby style. And that's because I'm positive that Jesus didn't do life like that. You know, I'm always multitasking. Many women do that really well. Some guys do too. But in this season, I've been working in my glass workshop. And there's some projects on the website in the gallery, the glass gallery, 
So you can kind of see that if you're curious, or Bryce Glass Art on Facebook. So I'm working in the glass workshop right now. I have a show in December. I'm working on getting an inventory to sell. So then also I'm working away on this podcast and I'm doing some coaching and I'm doing some self-care and I do a little bit. I'm finishing up some projects with a team where I am just the project manager for some instructional design. And I think I've bought maybe one or two Christmas gifts. I haven't even yet created my Christmas list so that I can get a handle on what I'm doing because, you know, I'm a planner and I prefer not to just wing it. Pardon the Christmas pun there. Oh, Thanksgiving pun. Anyway, this podcast episode drops after Thanksgiving, but just know I didn't get my head in the game for Thanksgiving until about like a week before Thanksgiving. And, you know, there was a reason for that. And I want to share the story with you. But part of the reason I didn't focus so much on Thanksgiving is because I went out of town to visit my my 90-year-old dad who lives in Arizona. So, reminder, I'm in Michigan. That's a two-hour time difference, just for the record. The idea of the trip kind of consumed me for several weeks, you know, in part because I let it, you know, I have to be responsible, right? And my goal was to have all three of us sisters get together and visit my dad at the same time. So that became the task. And I had it all set up, flight, Airbnb, coordinating with my sisters who live on the East Coast. And a couple days after the Airbnb could be canceled, everything fell apart. You know, one sister ended up having surgery and the other one had a close family member in the hospital and then someone in her household tested positive for COVID and the flu. So now I'm down to one. Uh, fortunately, my oldest son offered to come with me, which was a lifesaver. He was a great help and that is a massive understatement. My dad and his wife are both really slowed down people in their 90s, okay? My dad in particular has stayed intentionally firmly affixed in the early 20th century. No smartphone, no internet, you know, and I'm not advocating that necessarily, but perhaps you need to unplug for a bit, just asking while I'm on the way in this story. But maybe that's one way you could push back on the push, push, push of this season. So every little bit helps, right? And again, this is about leading yourself well. This is an aspect of self-care as well. The first line of leadership is leading yourself. I like to quote James Clear on this one. He's an author, jamesclear.com. And he says, you know, basically, I'll paraphrase it for you, making a daily 1% improvement helps you make tremendous progress over a year while actually doing nothing, you actually begin to decline from where you are. So, so every little bit does help. And the visit, though, with my dad showed me a couple of things besides the fact that I don't do well in an 85-degree home. But more importantly and most importantly, this was a lesson in slowing down so I can be present. If you are living into the push, push, push mentality, you know, it's really hard to be present in the moment. And sometimes technology prevents us from being present in the moment. And if you aren't present in the moment, 
you miss things. You don't realize you miss things, but you do miss things. And some of those are important. And while I was visiting, I learned it's harder to slow down than you think. It takes intentionality. Imagine that. You have to be intentional to slow down. You have to lead yourself well. Anyway, my dad is basically housebound. He doesn't get out much. And if my son weren't with me, we would not have gone out. But since he was, we took him out for a bit. You know, the goal was to go to two places, to go to his church and then the grocery store. So my dad is a practicing Catholic and their church just built a new $7 million building, and he wanted me to see it. Fortunately for me, I was able to slow down enough the day before and be present in the moment to hear that he, my dad, was no longer receiving communion in his home. Now, I, this is going to be really interesting for theologically here, <laughs> So just hang with me. But I know I know some of you might be interested in hearing this, but my 90-year-old dad had a theological dispute with the Eucharistic minister who was bringing him communion. And of all ironies, my dad has served as a Eucharistic minister. He was one after having received communion while he was in the hospital once. And that experience was just so meaningful to him that, you know, he did what you need to do to be able to offer that to other people. So he did become a Eucharistic minister. So the Eucharistic minister, say that three times fast, comes to my dad's home and he asks this housebound 90-year-old when he has been to confession last. And of all times for my dad to offer a Protestant position, I couldn't believe he said said this, My dad told him that he could confess to Jesus, his Savior. Well, that was the end of in-home communion for him, in part because of this theological dispute and in part because my dad no longer advocates for himself as a 90-year-old. You know, you'd think, we'll just call the church and say what happened and whatever, but he just didn't. But I still knew communion was important to him. You know, in a previous decade of his life, in his 80s, he probably would have written a letter. That was his main form of dissent. But those days of him doing that are apparently now gone. Now, I was thinking, Dad, I could hook you up with communion, right? Right? Uh, But I think he would be having none of that Protestant communion anyways. So I just, I just, didn't do that. But I was thinking, when we visit that church tomorrow, I'm fixing this. I can do that. Which, if I'd have been distracted looking at my phone, and when you're sitting and doing not a lot for a lengthy period of time, it's awful tempting. Or I could have been writing lists, my Christmas lists, or the 50 things I need to get done when I get home. If I had not been slowed down enough to be fully present in that moment, I might have just missed this opportunity. So, you know, we get to the church, and I head to the office while my dad and son head very slowly to the sanctuary, very slowly. It didn't take me long, less than two minutes to describe the situation, just 
and not throw anybody under the bus as I was doing it, but just to describe the situation. And they so very graciously said they would just, they would fix it. They would send someone else out there. Good, good. So then I got back to my son and my dad. We finished touring the the beautiful church there. It was lovely. A day after I got home, uh, dad called and he said the church wanted to bring communion out there for him. And so, yeah, you know, I was pleased at that. And he was thankful because I think he kind of knew that I did something while he was headed to the sanctuary. And then he said to me, guess what the person's name is that's bringing out the communion? And I guess the name of his sister, who actually was a nun for more than 60 years, you know. Nope, he said. He said, it's Margaret. So I guess Margaret is serving up communion after all, which I thought was hysterically funny. And just, you know, my former spiritual director would say, God, he's such a funny guy. She would always say that like that. God has such a sense of humor. And I thought, yeah, boy, yeah, boy, just a a confirmation, (laughs) just something that God knew I would really chuckle about and be tickled with. So besides the fact that he's getting the in-home communion again. So sometimes God leaves you with lessons on yourself, you know, for you to ponder. But God doesn't leave you there to ponder so you feel badly about yourself. And it's not that I've never done that, but I try not to. But this is discipline. And discipline is training. Discipline is learning. And scripture says, God disciplines those God loves. So I'm transitioning to lean into a slower pace of life, and that is part of self-care. And working to lean into a slower pace of life is an act of leading myself in a good way. So one question for all of us uh, at the start of this busy Advent season, what are some ways you can slow down to be sure that you are present in the moment, to those around you. It could be family, friends, people in your congregation. What are some ways you can slow down a bit to be present in the moment to others? And then I'm going to leave us with another pair of questions just to, you know, keep you up at night or help you ruminate further. Is it that God shows up when we slow down? Or is it that we notice God is showing up when we slow down. Here are some blessings for you on your Advent season as you lead others closer to Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, Make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become 
the crabby pastor. <laughs>